Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the MMA Power Show. I just woke up. Last night I watched UFC 251, and we have so much to unpack. So much went down. It was uh, it was actually one of the better cards of the year, given the uh, last two fights. And those were Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway, and Kamaru Usman versus... Uh, Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. And... Yeah. Uh, the main event was... I actually fell asleep in round two of the main event. It was that boring. Round one was bad. I gave round one to Jorge. And I guess the judges scored that differently. The dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Holloway and Volkanovski. I'm going to get into that later. What I want to look at now is what could be next for Kamaru Usman. You have Gilbert Burns, who is currently contracting COVID-19. You have Colby Covington. You have Leon Edwards. You could go for a rematch with Woodley, but I doubt it. So what I believe we'll do is they'll go, they'll go Usman Covington too. It only makes sense for them to go Usman Covington too, or they could go Usman Edwards, maybe, or they could go Burns and Edwards when you get Usman, because I don't think you guys realize Usman's finished Covington and Mas. Well, he didn't finish Masvidal, but he uh, he beat Masvidal in a unanimous decision. Um, I wouldn't say he dominated Jorge. Because domination would imply that he was doing constant damage to Jorge, which he was not. Jorge was okay throughout the entire fight. Um, but welterweight division is so stacked right now. I do believe that uh, Kamaru Usman should face Gilbert Burns next. I believe Burns could cause genuine problems for uh, Usman. And then you have a guy in... Uh, and another thing for Covington is Covington is off medical suspension now. Covington can fight again. But who's he going to fight? That that's the question. Um in the end I believe he's going to fight Well you you have a guy in Michael Chiesa who called out Covington after his last fight. Covington Chiesa could be a fight to watch except what does Colby Covington have to gain from fighting Michael Chiesa? Absolutely nothing. I believe Covington should go for Woodley. They're both coming off of a loss. Covington showed a bit more heart in his loss than Woodley did. Woodley got absolutely dominated by um, Usman. And Covington made it competitive at least. Um, at no point did I think Colby was going to win that fight, but he made it competitive at least. Um, you could go Covington, I don't know, Stephen Thompson, Covington, Leon Edwards, or even just Covington Usman. It depends. It depends what Dana wants to do. I believe Burns and Usman is the way to go. Because finally... When when you look at Kamaru Usman, 
he has become the new Tyron Woodley. This is what happens when you have a wrestler as champion. A wrestler isn't going to stand and strike with a guy like Jorge Masvidal, who he knows can outstrike him. He's going to wrestle him, he's going to clinch him, and he's going to take him into his world. That is what Woodley did to people. Kamaru Usman, after this last fight, I feel, has lost a lot of respect from the fans. Not from me. I still respect everything Kamaru Usman's done. But he he's focused on no longer putting on the best fight. Now he's focused on just... Just putting on whatever fight he can. Just winning. He's just he's just focused on winning, which is in, in the end what you gotta do. Um But oh I I I'm never gonna be able to overlook how terrible Usman Jorge was. Jorge had his moments. he actually hurt visually hurt uh Kamaru a couple times. Um, but yeah, in the end, uh, Marty Fake Newsman got it done. I'm, I don't like it. I'm not even, I'm not even that big of a Masvidal fan. I just dislike Kamaru Usman. Um, mainly for the fact that he's, he's, he's not a, he's not a fun guy to watch. Sure, Colby Covington, that was an amazing fight to watch. But that's because he knew he could outstrike Colby. You have a bunch of guys in the welterweight division who are top-class strikers. You have Steven Thompson, you have Leon Edwards, you have Gilbert Burns, you have Jorge Masvidal, you have Nate Diaz, Michael Chiesa, Rafael Dos Anjos. Those are all guys that could cause Kamaru problems on the feet. So what is he going to do? He's going to wrestle them. And I just find that a very boring fight. No one wants to see you hug a man and sniff his balls for... 25 minutes, and then Echo to decision. And I believe that's how a lot of Marty's fights are going to go. They're going to go to the decision. It's how it's got to go. But uh, big props to Jorge. Six days notice, doing what Colby Covington couldn't do with a full camp, which is go the distance. Um, At no point in that fight did I ever see that Jorge was visually hurt. I saw that he was tired, yeah. But at no point was he visually hurt. I'm sorry, I'm spending a lot of time on this welterweight division. It's just like, it's something that I very much dislike. Uh, next up, I want to check out Bantamweight, new champ, Peter Yan. Piotr Yan, sorry. I always call him Peter Yan when I mean Piotr. Piotr Yan knocked out, well, he, he TKO'd Jose Aldo. And that was, for me, uncomfortable to watch, because... Aldo is someone who I look up to. I love Jose Aldo. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. He's entertaining. He's a striker. It was just an entertaining fight. But you have a guy like Piotr Jan who is just so naturally powerful. Jan can hurt you from anywhere. Jan can hurt you on the feet. He can hurt you on the ground. And he did that. And at the end of the first round, I believe he may have broken Jose Aldo's rib. We're going to have to wait for the medicals to come out. But uh, Jose was hurt after that first round. And then in the fifth round, he just, he gassed out and he got dropped. And Pewter went in for the kill. 
and I believe the fight went on for too long. I think the fight should have been stopped maybe 45 seconds before it was. Stop, uh, stop him from taking some damage. But, mm. It was like the ref was just sitting there poking him. It was like he was poking a sleeping bear with a stick. Or poking a dead bear with a stick. He's not gonna wake up, dummy. He's done. You could hear Michael Bisbang yelling, this fight is over. Before the fight was even stopped. Um, but yeah, Piotr Jan, winner by a decisive TK over Jose Aldo. What's next for him? It has to be Aljo. No one in the Bantamweight division deserves a title shot more than Aljamain Sterling. Maybe Marlon Moraes. But people still say that Jose Aldo beat Marlon Moraes. I don't think so. I personally gave Moraes that fight. But, uh, yeah. UFC 252. You have Sean O'Malley. I don't understand why they're matching Sean O'Malley up against guys who aren't in the rankings. He needs to fight people who are ranked. He needs to, or else he's never going to get up there. They want to push Sean O'Malley to be a title challenger so quick. Sean O'Malley has not even faced anyone near the level of, I don't know, even Jimmy Rivera hasn't faced anyone near that level. And he's already talking about wanting to knock out Henry Cejudo, arguably the greatest bantamweight or one of the greatest UFC champions of all time, maybe even just one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time. He's personally on my list. But Aljo has to be next for Piotr. If not, it's Marias. And if not Marias, you got to wonder where Cody Garbrandt's next. Cody Garbrandt is number four. In the division. Number four. In the division. Already. After coming back. And of course. In a couple months. Then you're going to have TJ Dillashaw coming up. However TJ Dillashaw has talked about moving up to featherweight. TJ at featherweight could be scary. Bantamweight is not TJ's normal weight. TJ is too big. For Bantamweight. That's why he couldn't make 125. He physically couldn't make 125 without the help of EPO. I knew he was juicing that fight. Everybody knew he was juicing that fight. You don't go from 135 down to 125. That's impossible. Especially when your walk-around weight is 165, dummy. He had dropped 40 pounds. Just even attempt to make that weight. But... I believe, yeah. You push Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. And then after that, I believe you push Piotr Jan versus... Or Aljo or Piotr versus Cody Garbrandt. And then in a couple months, TJ comes back. He gets a win. You put TJ Cody 3. TJ wins. You get the dominant Bantamweight champion in history back. Cody wins. You get one of the most... Exciting fighters in Bantamweight history as champion again. It's a double-edged sword. Um, yeah, Sean O'Malley, UFC 252, which I'm going to talk about a bit later, as a whole, 
whole event. I, of course, I I gotta believe Sean's gonna win. Sean's just good. Um, is he the greatest of all time? No, but he's good. Sean O'Malley is good. Uh, on to arguably the most controversial fight of the night. The featherweight championship fight. Volk versus Holloway. What do I even say? One, rounds one and two clearly went to Max Holloway. If I can pull up the significant strikes, hold on. If I can, hold on just a second, guys. I'm trying to search up to strikes here. Um, Alexander vs. Holloway's trying. Alright. But, okay. So, round number one. Clearly, 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 clearly going to Max Holloway. He outstruck him by almost 10, 10, uh, 10 punches. That's a lot. Uh, round two, another one straight to Holloway. It's, uh, it's clear. Max won those first two rounds. There's no debating it. Uh, he he beat him bad in that uh in that first one. Uh, round three. Uh, that's 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 debatable. Me personally, I gave Volk. I gave Volk round three. Mainly. Because of the takedown that he got. And I believe he was more active round three. He started to wake back up. But, yeah, I gave Volk round three. And obviously, clearly you can see Volk being more active in round four and five. So, yeah. It's, it, it's not as big as a robbery as people think it is. Because Volkanovski... Was more active. Yes, he got knocked down. I would debate if the second knockdown was even a knockdown. But clearly Alexander Volkanovsky won the fourth and the fifth. Therefore, he is still the champion of the world. It was a split decision. Don't get, don't get me wrong. It was a split. So I believe they'll run it back one last time. And if not... What's next for Alexander Volkanovsky? Well, it's undisputedly Zabit Magomedsherbov. You have to give Zabit a title shot. If not Zabit, rematch with Max again. If not him, maybe fight Brian Ortega. I don't know. Brian Ortega wants to fight Korean Zombie. You have Josh Emmett. Or you have Calvin Qatar and Dan Ige about to fight again. Uh... 
I believe Calvin will win that fight. That could boost him higher, maybe even going over Yair, Yair Rodriguez, maybe putting him in the top five, which could pose problems for Holloway. I think it depends on what Jose decides to do. Jose comes back. Give him Frankie Edgar. Jose goes back up to featherweight. Give him Frankie Edgar. Why not? Why not? That's the world we live in. We live in a why not world. But it's not as big as a robbery as people thought they saw. They didn't see the worst fight, worst judge's decision in UFC history. They just saw what was an extremely close fight between two world-class athletes. Not go the way of the person they wanted it to go in. Which was Max Holloway. I love Max. Max is a nice dude. But in the end, Max lost that fight. Volkanovski is still a champion. Don't kill me for saying Max won that fight. I watched the fight. I I made my decision. And I... I I will stand by it. I believe Alexander Volkanovski beat Max Holloway, not soundly. There is plausible cause to deny that he beat him. But in the end, I do believe Alexander Volkanovsky is still the undisputed featherweight champion of the world. A quick look at the men's pound-for-pound top rank. Number one, John Jones, once more. Number two, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Three, Stipe Miocic. Four, Israel Adesanya. Five, Daniel Cormier. Six, Kamaru Usman. 7, Alexander Volkanovsky. 8, Conor McGregor. 9, Dustin Poirier. Up 2 spots over Gaethje and Holloway. Number 10, Max Holloway. Number 11, Justin Gaethje. Number 12, Tony Ferguson. Number 13, Robert Whittaker. Number 14, Francis Ngannou. And number 15, Dominic Reyes. <sighs> now I'm going to talk about UFC 252. Cormier. Versus Stipe. Ah, this is a fight I've been waiting for. This is the final fight of Daniel Cormier's career. He could go out with the bang, or he could go out getting banged. It dep- I don't know. Um, Stipe, he's he's good. Cormier and him are two are the two arguable greatest heavyweights of all time. They're just deciding who has the edge on who. Personally, I believe Stipe is the greatest heavyweight of all time. Other people would say Cormier is. But personally, I believe Stipe is the greatest heavyweight champion of all time. And I believe he's going to beat Daniel Cormier soundly. I believe he's going to knock him out again. I don't think there's any way this fight goes. Five rounds. Stipe or Daniel Cormier will win by knockout. And then you gotta think. Then you gotta think. What would be next? Okay. Stipe wins. He's gotta fight Nagano. There's no way he doesn't fight Nagano. Cormier wins. Well, Stipe and Nagano still fight, but it's for the uh, vacant title.
But either way, Francis Ngannou is going to be next in line for a title shot. Cormier is only there because he's the former champ. Really, in reality, Francis is the number one contender. Um, on the women's pound for pound rankings, uh, number one, Amanda Nunes, number two, Zhang Wei Li, number three, Valentina Shevchenko, number four, still Jessica Andrade, even after losing last night. Number five, Yoani on Jacek. Number six, Rose Nami Yunus. Number seven, Tatiana Suarez. Number eight, Holly Holm. Number nine, Jermaine Durandome. Number ten, Aspen Ladd. Number number eleven, Caitlin Chukagian. Number twelve, Claudia Gadila. Uh, number thirteen, Cynthia Cavillo. Uh, number fourteen, Julia Pina. And number fifteen, Nina Anasarov. Uh, women's strawweight. Jessica Andrade, Rose Namajunas, Tatiana Suarez, Yoni Andrzej Cech, and Nina Anaserov. Un- undoubtedly, it'll be Namajunas versus Jean Weili next. And I think a lot of people sleep on Weili. She's really good. Weili is probably going to be one of the best female fighters of all time, or go down as one of the best female fighters of all time. She beat Jessica Andrade, 40 seconds, and she beat Ioana on Jacek. I be, I'm one of the people who believe she did beat Ioana. A lot of people don't believe that. I believe she did. <sighs> Sorry, guys. I just woke up. I'm already doing this. Earliest I've been up in a while. Usually I wake up at 1 o'clock. Today I'm up at 8.25. Doing a fucking podcast episode for you guys. God damn. Never say I don't love you. Alright. On to the woman's flyweight. Uh, number one, Chaitlin Kukagian. Number two, Cynthia Cabillo. Uh, number three, Joanne Calderwood. Uh, number 14, Lauren Murphy. Number five, Jessica I. That's one of those things where I, I don't know. I legitimately do not know what to do with the women's flyweight division. There are simply no fights that make sense anymore for Valentina Shevchenko other than Amanda Nunes. If there's any woman who's going to beat Amanda Nunes, it is Valentina Shevchenko. It won't be Jermaine Durandamy. It won't be Holly Holm. It won't be Raquel Pennington. Who else is in there? It won't be Sajara Eubanks. No. It, if anyone's going to beat Amanda Nunes, which no one is, it will be Valentina Shevchenko or Jean Weili. Hell, I don't even think Jean Weili could make it up to 135. Jean Weili is very small. I don't think she could even make it up that high. And I guarantee that Amanda Nunes couldn't make it that far down. So what I think UFC does next, Shevchenko, Nunes, Nunes defending the Women's Bantamweight Championship. It's not a lot of weight to gain for Valentina. 
in reality, it's not. It is a lot of wait for Nunes to stay at, but it's the only fight that makes sense, I'm sorry. Until you can get some good challengers in there, until, say, maybe, I don't know, Macy Barber gets back, fights Roxanne Modafferi. I know it sounds like I'm sucking off and simping for Macy Barber. One, I have a girlfriend, so no, I'm not going to simp for Macy Barber. I just believe better female fighters on the roster. And I say that because of the heart she displayed in the other fight against Modafferi. Modafferi's a goddamn killer. Oh, sorry. Barbara's a goddamn killer. Modafferi's a, a fucking a sci-fi geek. <laughs> like, it, it, it's a right that should have been... Shouldn't not shouldn't have even happened. But yeah, uh, taking get someone like Macy Barber up and higher, I believe it. You make Shevchenko Nunes. It makes sense. Uh, what else did I want to talk about? Middleweight, uh, Israel Adesanya has confirmed. Paulo Costa will be his next opponent. Uh, they haven't confirmed if they're going to be on the Ultimate Fighter or not yet. But uh, Adesanya versus Costa is indeed happening. So you guys can stop screaming about it. I don't get what people see in Paulo Costa myself. But Israel Adesanya, Paulo Costa, undisputed middleweight championship of the world. I believe it will be happening by the end of the summer. On a light heavyweight. Uh, I, John Jones said he gave up his title. So I guess this is vacant. You could have an interim title fight. You could have Dominic Reyes, Jan Blachowicz. Um, I think one of those guys should face Diago Santos. I believe Jan could be Santos. I believe Reyes could be Santos. I believe Jan Blachowicz and Dominic Reyes are the two best light heavyweights below John Jones. I believe Dominic Reyes is above John Jones. I believe Dominic Reyes is the light heavyweight champion of the world. I believe he beat John Jones. You cannot look at that Dominic Reyes fight and tell me John Jones won. Doesn't make sense. It's highway robbery. But I'm not here to complain. I hate when people complain about it, so I'm not going to. Um. Ugh. I also wanted to talk about lightweight. What happens if Khabib doesn't want to fight? Who does Gaethje defend the interim title against? Well, of course, most would say Poirier. But here's the thing. Would we maybe lure back a certain Irishman with an interim title fight against Justin Gaethje? Would Conor McGregor come back to fight Gaethje for the interim lightweight championship of the world. You're damn well right he would. Conor McGregor smells a championship and he's coming from eight miles away. All he wants is a title belt. Conor McGregor is made out of title belts. 
he he need he feeds on them. He eats title belt. He would then be a champ, 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 champ. So who do I think they make? I think they make Conor McGregor, Justin Gaethje, if they can, if McGregor will come back. Gaethje and Poirier, yeah, there's the whole storyline going into that. But last fight, it was a very close, close fight, you know? They got fight of the night. This could be another one. I believe maybe Keechee Ferguson could be another big fight. But honestly, I don't want to waste Tony Ferguson, man. We already ended his win streak. Tony loses again. Tony's probably going to retire, for God's sake. You guys really think Tony's going to keep doing this? If he's getting beat, too? I want to see Tony Ferguson fight Khabib and Malcolm Madoff, and I believe that's the fight to make if Khabib beats Gaethje when he comes back. If he comes back, his father just died. They're going to give him time. So I believe Gaethje needs to defend his interim title weight. Title. We need to have some sort of action in the lightweight title. And that could be Justin Gaethje fighting Conor McGregor. That can be Justin Gaethje fighting Poirier. Justin Gaethje fighting Ferguson. Or Hell, even if he wanted to, Justin Gaethje could fight Dan Fine, Dan Hooker. I wouldn't care. Hooker's in the top five. And another thing, if McGregor just wants to return, okay, you have Dustin Poirier, just came off a win, you could face him up against Dustin Poirier, you could face him up against Hooker, you could face him up against Ferguson, or if he returns at welterweight, who, who, who would you give, who would you put McGregor against at welterweight? I would put McGregor, ooh. Hell, I would put McGregor against Tyron Woodley. McGregor Woodley. Tyron Woodley is like a better version of Chad Mendez. A stiff wrestler with an overhand. That's what Kamaru Usman is, except he's the better, better version. Chad Mendez is the dollar store version. Tyron Woodley is the Walmart version. Kamaru Usman is the, I don't know. Kamaru Usman is like the the Sears version. Yeah. And then George St. Pierre. No, not George St. Pierre. I'd say Tito Ortiz is the Gucci version. Because, yeah, St. Pierre could strike. I'm Canadian. I should know that. That guy's a goddamn idol. Um... But yeah, McGregor versus Justin Gaethje could be an amazing fight. But it all depends on whether or not Conor would come back and fight Gaethje or not. Conor Poirier could be a big fight. Conor Ferguson could be a big fight. And I believe up at welterweight, Conor Woodley, Conor Masvidal, Conor Covington, hell, even Conor Stephen Thompson. All really big fights. Although I believe Masvidal already has his book it set. Already has his ticket set with Thompson. If he's not going to fight Nate Diaz. But yeah. 
I'm sorry, guys. I'm tired. I don't know I'm going to get out of this early. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That's that's all for today. I uh, hope you got the episode. Uh, if you guys have any complaints about the episode, you want to debate with me, gladly slide into my Instagram DMs. Uh, Kark.low on Instagram. And uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe, we can get you on a Skype call. Get you on the show. See what you got to say. So yeah, again, kark.low if you want to wanna start any debates or anything. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you guys for, uh, thank you guys for watching tonight. Or not love watching, listening. I'm sorry guys, I'm tired. Thank you for listening. Whenever you're listening to this, I uh, hope y'all have an amazing day. And uh, I'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Peace.